You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. I'm unable to control it and it becomes very harmful to me. And so immediately I fell in love with alcohol and it was also very dangerous for me. That went on for a long time. Um, I was a almost always blackout drinker. Dangerous things would happen to me when I drank and blacked out. My guest today is named Elizabeth Kristoff. She's the founder of Brain-Based Wellness. It's a program that uses neuroscience and workouts to help overcome traumas. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. I'm Elizabeth Kristoff, and I'm the founder of Brain-Based Wellness, and I have been in the movement and wellness industry since 2007, and what I do now is functional neurology, and I what that means is just helping people learn practical neural exercises to train their nervous system to be more resilient for behavior change, for trauma processing, and to move out of unwanted things like pain, migraine, dizziness, nausea, fatigue, and how that really all began for me was I I started as a movement practitioner. I had a couple Pilates studios here in Austin. And at the time I knew that I wanted to incorporate brain science into our movement training. We were developing a teacher training program and had an online platform. And I knew that I had done enough research to understand like you don't have a tight hip flexor. You have a brain that's telling your hip flexor to keep a certain amount of tension and that a lot of injury was not just biomechanical, but that was a a patterning of the brain, a protective response. And so I started studying applied neurology and I really fell in love with it and went down a long rabbit hole of understanding how our nervous system drives a lot of our life experience, our athletic performance, our experience of pain. And I used it for athletic performance and pain management for a long time. And then, um, and then I really went through a period of life where my own life kind of fell apart. I went into a period of extreme stress. I ended up having to dissolve my partnership shares in the business. My fiance at the time was diagnosed with cancer around his heart. And I went into being a full-time caretaker for him. And I was sober at the time. I got sober when I was 24 um, and I'm 39 now. And so I had a lot of spiritual practices and mindfulness practices. But during that time of extreme stress, a lot of really unwanted behaviors came up for me. My binge eating got really bad. And I've struggled with that through all of my sobriety. I would experience extreme migraines and pain and dissociation from my body. And I began to recognize in myself the same symptoms that I saw in my pain clients when their nervous system was dysregulated. Um, the signals in the body that led me to understand that these signals from my body were preceding the behaviors that I didn't want and the pain that I didn't want and that they were an outcome of of a lot of stress. And so in that time period, I began to become really curious about my behavior. And I went down a long rabbit hole of trying to understand what was driving it, um, both in myself and my partner at the time, because he had pretty bad PTSD that preceded the cancer. And I started learning about 
how everything we experience in our mind, we experience in our body too. And I started studying somatics, which is just processing through the body, using the body to process emotions and stress and started to try to understand how to use training your nervous system to help resolve trauma and to move out of these unwanted behaviors. And through that experience, through that research, I really developed the work that I do now, which is, which is brain-based wellness. That's incredible. And congratulations on, was that 15 years sober? Yeah. 15 years with no alcohol. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely incredible. Thank you. If you wouldn't mind, I'd love to hear kind of a little bit more of the journey before, before you got to where you are with the brain-based wellness and, and maybe kind of take a, a little peek into what your life was like when you were, when you were drinking and, and, you know, cause a, a lot of the focus on the podcast is, is recovery related. And I like the audience to be able to, to relate and see where people have come from. And then obviously you're doing really well. Now you're successful. You have, you have the, the brain-based wellness program, but I love for people to see that whole complete picture of like, this is how bad my life was. This is, you know, this is some of the wreckage and the pain and the misery. And then like, here it is now with recovery. Like, this is what my life is like today. Absolutely. Sure. So really as far back as I can remember, I have had really big emotions, um, emotions that were kind of scary for other people and scary for myself, emotions that I did not know what to do with. I remember as a little kid having these massive tantrums and and a desire to sometimes engage in self-harm at a very early age and um, just kind of flailing around through my life, having this constant feeling that I was running from something kind of like I was being chased by life. And I did not know how to get out of that feeling. And what I know now, after a lot of experience and research and, and deep dives into healing is, you know, my nervous system was very dysregulated and I was stuck in a constant state of hypervigilance, um, fight and flight response, a sympathetic nervous system response. And then I would cycle through that into these crashes of hypoarousal where I would just get shut down with a binge, with a migraine, with a dissociative episode. And I really, that has looked different ways in my life, but that has always been there as far back as I can remember. And I, I really, I come from quite a bit of childhood trauma that, um, I also, I didn't know about at the time I, I hadn't had the capacity to see that, but it was there, um, underneath a lot of my behavior. And so when I was 14, I found alcohol and for the first time in my life, I was able to relax out of that state of being. Um, and I feel like alcohol really saved my life in many ways because I, I needed to not be in that state and it gave me a break from that, but it also was very damaging in that I would, you know, whenever we need something right outside of ourselves, these other tools of self-regulation, like alcohol, like food, whatever it is that I'm using to regulate myself, that is coming from outside of me when I'm looking for my safety, for my peace, for my well-being outside of myself, it often can develop into a very 
a dangerous and kind of perverted relationship to the thing, right? Where I'm, I'm unable to control it and it becomes very harmful to me. And so immediately I fell in love with alcohol and it was also very dangerous for me. That went on for a long time. Um, I was a almost always blackout drinker. Dangerous things would happen to me when I drank and blacked out. I had those big emotions, especially anger and rage would come out when I was drinking. And then um, that also led me to, you know, doing drugs, getting a prescription for Adderall, um, doing a lot of cocaine, surrounding myself in a, in a world and in a, in a culture through college and, and, and in the places that I worked and the people that I surrounded myself with where that was really normal. And it was okay to just kind of move through life in these crazy chaotic states. And, and that was what it was like for me. It was, there was never really a time where it was functional. Um, it was pretty intense and pretty dark pretty quickly. And then there came a point where I just had a moment of clarity and I knew that if it continued that way, I was going to die or worse yet, I wasn't going to die. And it was just going to keep on going like that. And so I ended up in the hospital, um, which was not abnormal for me. I was always trying to hurt myself or, um, you know, I would jump out of moving cars or I would take a bunch of pills or I would throw my hairdryer in the bathtub. And I was just frantic. I was frantically seeking a way to feel differently and stuck in these really dysregulated states. And I ended up in the hospital and something about that time, it was just the last time. And I knew that I had to stop drinking. And um, I remember my mother showed up there. I was 24 years old and she said, we'll get you a really good psychiatrist. And I said, that's not going to cut it, you know? And I knew I needed to get sober. And that was the last time I've had a drink. That is an incredible story. And, you know, I think it's interesting to hear different people's stories because some people there's like one really big traumatic event that, that that's like, all right, I'm done. And then there's other, other people, you know, my, my story is kind of similar to yours where I don't know that there was one particular like crazy event that happened, but it was like, okay, I, I know I need to stop. Like my life cannot continue the way that it's going and and something that you just said there um i really related to where you were talking about like not wanting to wake up i can i can remember having that that thought multiple times like i was too big of a coward to to like go through with with suicide but at the same time like i was there were times where i was hoping that you know whatever mix of of different chemicals that i put in my body i was like secretly hoping that maybe I wouldn't wake up that next morning. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really hard way to live. And, um, you know, as I've gone on in my life, I've done a lot of research on, on the nervous system and on childhood trauma and how these patterns get stuck inside of our bodies. And I think, you know, for many of us, I'll speak for myself. I really needed certain things to be able to regulate because I couldn't live with that state of dysregulation, those feelings of like, just that feeling of something bad is going to happen all the time, being stuck in that constant state of hypervigilance where it can be like racing hard 
heart, sweaty palms, excessive muscle tension, but it can also be just like being in a room with people and being so hyper aware of every single little expression of their face and wondering what everyone else is thinking and just never feeling safe and having to feel like you have to try to figure it out all of the time to stay safe. And it's exhausting and it's scary and it's overwhelming. And then you find these tools like alcohol or food or something that helps you get out of that state of being. And for a moment, have some reprieve from, from those states that are so exhausting, but then those tools, again, they become really harmful. And the aftermath of it is so there's so much shame and so much sadness and emotion that starts to flood out. And it's just, it's, it's a terrible way to live. And so I, I really feel for people who get stuck in that place and feel like there isn't another way because of course there is, but it's hard to see when you're, when you're in it. Mm, mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things. And, and I've had that conversation with so many people, the individual has to be ready. Like no one else, no other outside force can make me ready to, to stop, you know, no, no outside force can, can force me to, I feel like I'm being really redundant, but there's nothing that can make me stop until I get to that point where like, I'm, I'm ready to stop on my own. Yeah. But I'd love to hear more about the brain-based wellness and, and maybe kind of like what, give us a look at what, I don't even know like how that works. Is it, is it a online program? Is it a book? Is it like how, give us kind of an idea of, of what the brain-based wellness system is all about. So brain-based wellness, it is, it's an online virtual platform and, um, in community, we work together to train our nervous system. We train the different input systems that give information to your brain so that your brain feels safer on a second by second basis, doing its primary job, which is making predictions to ensure your survival. So we train like your visual system or the balance system inside of your inner ear or your body mapping system and your interceptive system which is the system that gives your brain signals from inside of your body about what's going on. And it, your brain takes all of that information and puts it all together. It generates a picture of where you are in space and the world around you. And then it makes a prediction. And if your brain feels safe, it makes a performance prediction. It generates a performance output. So you can have more strength, you can have more range of motion, but you can also be more present. You feel more calm in your body. You're able to engage and like have a conversation with someone where you're really awake and aware and present or your brain feels unsafe because some of that information coming in is unclear and it's having a difficult time making those predictions and keeping you alive. So then it'll start to generate a protective output. And that protective output could be anything like tightening up your muscles so that you have less range of motion. You take smaller steps. It could give you pain because pain is a great behavior change tool of your brain to get you to interact with the world less, work out with less intensity, have less stimulus coming in. It could could be a migraine. It could be depression. It could be um, a binge episode, a binge eating episode. All of these are tools 
that your brain uses to get you to keep your world smaller, to keep you safe and to reduce the amount of interaction that you're having. Because in that moment, and not I'm not talking about your cognitive brain, not your prefrontal cortex, but your old brain, your brainstem, your cerebellum, your survival brain, it doesn't feel safe. And so it's going to try to protect you, reduce the amount of stimulus and keep you alive in that moment. So what we do is we train those input systems. So your brain's getting better information on a second by second basis. And so the threat level of your nervous system goes down on a continuous basis. So you have this new baseline and you can handle more stress from the outside world without moving into those patterns. And then we also do small group training. And I work specifically with people with disordered eating and binge eating disorder and people who are entrepreneurs struggling with burnout and with pain, with migraine, with fatigue, um, so that we can work to train the nervous system to be more resilient. We also do somatic processing to move emotions and stress through the body so that you're not carrying all of that around inside all of the time. And then we do some rewiring for the subconscious mind so that those deep core wounds and those narratives that drive our behavior to dysregulate in the first place can be changed. Wow. That is, that is incredible. And I feel like a little bit over my head there. Um. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, most people have no idea about applied neurology. And so you're not alone. And I think just the most important thing to understand is that we all have this really intelligent system inside of us. It's our operating system. It's our nervous system. And that system is always changing based on the stimulus that we put into it. And so we have some agency over how that system changes. And then all of these behaviors, drinking, excessive eating, shutting down depression, these are signs of a dysregulated nervous system that is doing what it's, what it can to get some self-regulation, to keep you safe, to re-regulate you. So the more you can learn little practical tools to regulate your nervous system, the more possible it is to not engage in those behaviors. Yeah. And I love that you're kind of bringing the two topics together there with the, with the brain-based wellness and the addiction, like how those kind of how those interact with each other. And I'd I'd be curious to know like what kind of success rates and uh, or like what kind of testimonials you have as far as people that are struggling with addiction. I know you mentioned the, the binge eating and I've had a few episodes where I've had guests that, that have touched on that. And, you know, the, one of the things that I've, I've learned at least through all these different conversations that I've, I've gotten to have is that, you know, the addiction it doesn't matter what the substance is like it, the core of the addiction is the same, no matter whether it's alcohol, drugs, sex, food, like fill in the blank. It's all the same thing. It's all us trying, like you were talking about, like trying to put something in there to like fill that void and fill that hole and like cover up that pain. Yeah. Yeah. Cover up the pain for sure. Um, distract us from having to, experience the emotions that our subconscious mind does not think is safe. And so in my experience and and the way that I look at it is, you know, my, I had disordered eating before I got sober and then I found alcohol. And for a while that became my main means of self-regulation. When I got sober, everything began back up with the food again. And so I now know that for me, 
binge eating actually saved my life, much like alcohol did at the time too, because when we live in a dysregulated nervous system state for too long, it's very dangerous. So my early childhood trauma, again, got me kind of stuck in this state of sympathetic nervous system response, fight and flight, preparing for something bad to happen. And when that happens, you have all these stress hormones pumping through your body, adrenaline, cortisol, it's okay to experience those in little bits, but when they go on for too long, especially cortisol, it's very damaging. It's damaging to your blood vessels. It's damaging to your nerves. It creates a, a state that disease really thrives in, in the body, including cancer, autoimmune disease. I have autoimmune disease. I have celiac. Um, and like I said, I, w I watched my partner, a very young, active, healthy man develop cancer around his heart. And I know that there is a link between that and his childhood trauma, the dysregulation of his nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so the way that my body found to help me move out of my parasympathetic state in, I mean, out of my sympathetic state into more of a parasympathetic calm and respond rest and digest state was to eat a lot of food and food became a tool for self-regulation for me to get me to turn off the pumping of those stress hormones to make my body relax and to get rest and to allow myself to move out of that state. And so until I learned new tools for self-regulation and a new understanding of what was driving that behavior, I couldn't just take it away because it was actually really dangerous to just try to take that away without replacing it with new ways to give my nervous system, my body and my brain, what it needed to calm down and to process emotions and to feel safe. Well, we're kind of coming towards the end and there's a question that I like to ask the guests. Um, what's, what's one thing that someone told you, whether it's like a famous quote or just something, a, a friend or a relative or somebody told you, what's one thing that, that you were told that's changed your whole outlook on life? What's something that's like made a big difference in, in your life? Um, I am going to go with a lot of things that Peter Levine has said. So Peter Levine wrote a book called waking the tiger, and it is about how trauma lives in our bodies and why it's important to process our trauma and our stress through our body and not just our brain. And he talks about how, you know, trauma re-experienced. And again, trauma is not the event. It's the physiological reaction inside of our body that gets re-triggered and re-expressed. So it's, it's not one thing. It's the state of being inside of our body and trauma experienced is hell on earth, right? But trauma resolved is a gift from the gods. And it, it is the portal to our spiritual awakening and to the expansion of our consciousness. And so while my, while processing and healing my trauma has been at times incredibly painful and a, a, a big and an intense journey, it also is what has expanded me, unfolded my life and allowed my my body to come out of this frozen state of being and to really feel alive, to experience emotions, to be present and to have the full human experience. That's absolutely beautiful. Well, in closing, uh, I'd love to give you an opportunity to shout out your website, your social media, let the audience know where they can find you if they want to know more about brain-based wellness. So the floor is yours. 
Thank you. The best place to find me is through my website, which is brainbased-wellness.com. And I actually have a free video series there for anyone who wants it. That'll teach you just a few quick exercises that you can use to begin to regulate your own nervous system that have worked well for a lot of my clients. And it'll teach you just a little bit more about how the nervous system works and how you can use this work. And it's totally free. So if you just go to the website, brainbased-wellness.com, you can sign up for that series and just get a better understanding of the system, how to regulate it and how to start using some of these tools. Awesome. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. I feel like a little bit of it was over my head, but that's all right. You know, there's always room to learn more. And uh, I'm sure somebody out there that's listening to this episode today got something out of it. They're going to jump on the website and hopefully they'll find something on there that's going to change their life, make their life better. So thank you for coming on and sharing with us today. Thank you. And you come on over and check out the website because it's totally normal to feel overwhelmed, but just let it sink in little by little. I definitely will. Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really enjoyed our conversation, even if a little bit of it was over my head. Guys, I would encourage you to go over to her website, brainbased-wellness.com and check out the free videos that she was talking about there at the end. I just started watching them today and they are absolutely phenomenal. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.